Ah, you damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Friday. Not just any Friday. Last Friday of 2022. The last show for us in this year. We'll be back on Tuesday with our next show. Shout out to the bosses for giving us Monday off. A little long weekend for us. So last show of 2022 and a chance to do last rights, last checks, last examinations on the 2022 Texas football team after last night where they lose the bowl game to Washington 27 to 20. One of my favorite things about Texas football fans, they are a realistic bunch. We will take a realistic look at it today. It's Chad and Zay. I'm Chad Hastings, joined by Isaiah Collier. Yesterday, he told you he was not nervous about the result of this game, but it would all depend on that eye test as to how he would react. Isaiah, how are you, sir? What's popping, Chad? How you doing, man? I am good. How was that eye test last night? Yeah, your boy was not nervous, but I was still stressed. Okay. okay. I think that just comes with being a Longhorn fan uh-huh. and, yeah, just having that competitive nature. You always want to win. You see all the missed opportunities. And even with what you did not have, the Horns definitely blew one yesterday. You use the two words that your head coach used multiple times in the post game, and I think it is the simplest way to describe that game, missed opportunities. There are other ways to talk about it, but the way it all played out, yeah. That's the easiest two words to bring up because certainly Texas did miss some opportunities. We will get into that discussion a lot today. There have uh, there've actually been rumors of phone calls being taken on the station today. Phone calls. F- phone calls. Old school radio. Wow. By the way, let's just before we dig in here, let me shout out three special, uh, special members of the staff who went night crawling last night. We've all, not all of us have been a part of it, but I've been a part of it. Zay's been a part of it. A lot of people have been a part of it. When the game kicks at eight, that means the post-game show is late into the night. (laughs) And especially when you throw the ball as much as uh, Washington and Texas did last night. Let me see if I get the number right. 90, no, no, 101 attempts combined between Ewers and Pinnock. So that is how long that game took. Shout out. To Rodney Rodriguez, Cameron Parker, and our man Corey Guidry for being up at almost 1 a.m. when that postgame show started. You can check it out at hornfm.com. You got the the blog uh, that was following along during the game, and then you uh, we've uh, posted the postgame show for you if you want to check that out. So shout out to those guys for being up that late. Shout out to anybody who did call. That's what made me think of that. That is a call-in show where you get to react an hour after the game. So if you have reactions today... We definitely want to hear from you. Specs text line is there, 337-3776. I'll let Zay figure out if he wants to take a call. But you know we love our Specs text line. Get it off your chest. Whatever you're feeling today, Longhorn fans, what did the eye test tell you about that game? We'll talk about that a lot. We will have the Degenerate on for you at 105. It is a unique version of Brandon Lang today because we don't have a Cowboy game to preview. And we don't have a Longhorn game to preview. We will ask, though, if Brandon was uh, – which side of Cowboys minus 14 was he looking at last night? Yeah. Because if everybody bet it there, they got a push. And we'll get to the Cowboys as we roll along. But it's a big week in the NFL in Week 17. We'll get Brandon's thoughts on those games. And I want to know Brandon's thoughts on these two semifinals because I've got a – when I look at that TCU Michigan line and I see Michigan minus seven and a half, a lot. I just feel like 
I definitely feel like Michigan can win the game, but I think Sonny Dykes' crew might be the side of the game to go with there, Zay. I mean, Vegas, they're not wrong much, but if you look at what we've seen in the Big 12 in these bowl games, Big 12 right now 1-5 with Texas and Oklahoma losing last night. The only one win is Texas Tech. Then they're looking at TCU saying, y'all's schedule wasn't as hard as people think. And all those comeback games that y'all won and stuff – yeah, that's cool and all, but yeah, with these bowl games and how the Big 12s looked, maybe there's something there. Now, remember the stat Brandon gave us through the year. TCU came up one game short of covering every game. Remember that? They they were almost covering every – they're poised to cover every single game. They covered all of them but one. So we'll get his thoughts on that. And Georgia, I'm seeing, is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Do you go ahead and lay that and assume the dogs are going to dominate uh, or control that game, or do you think Ohio State can keep it – closer so we'll talk to Brandon about all that by the way you just mentioned another team and I think we've kind of buried the lead here um were you okay watching Oklahoma lose a bowl game like that I mean it was heartbreaking for them are you all right was that oh yeah oh yeah Yeah, yeah. that was a a nice way for you to start oh yeah absolutely because if they would have won I hope that somebody would have choked on the cheese it like oh boy at pluckers and had to be helped out because I'm not trying to see OU win in anything I don't care what bowl it is yeah I don't care about I'm not a big fan of the cheese it you know getting thrown on the coast instead of something and I'm really weird, weird thing and I really do not endorse today's version because today's that stinking Duke's mayonnaise bowl which I'm all about oh so gross I'm all about mayonnaise but you don't need to be d- putting it on a coach that's stupid uh but anyway uh, we, we'll get you updates on bowl games going on I did enjoy watching that one I've always been able to root for Florida State specifically in a game like that where they're playing Oklahoma and that was an entertaining game to watch back and forth the Oklahoma offense got going I wondered yesterday if they were going to be ready that was a focused group, man. Oklahoma had an attitude about them last night. Thank goodness for Florida State fans. They eventually matched it. They eventually got there, and Florida State found that field goal late, and uh, Dylan Gabriel could not quite get it done. But I, I, Oklahoma's energy made that game really competitive. They did care to be there. Yeah, and that Oklahoma team, they're going to be a lot better than they were last year. So, yeah. Or this past season, I mean. So that 49-0, keep on thriving off that if you want to because I don't think that's how it's going to be when 2023 comes around. All right, let's get into it. Spec set piece time, and we'll start, you know where we're starting, Texas losing the bowl game. They finish 8-5. and five. The Spec set piece is brought to you by Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. Cheer on Verde with Specs' larger selection of world-class wines, spirited spirits, and craft beers. Score more at Specs, official partner of Austin FC. Was I the only one that heard that? That was weird. It was like two were going on at once, but then it came back together? It was like the Spec set piece live from Woodstock. (laughs) The Spec set piece, piece, piece. And now, Jimi Hendrix. That was <laughs> yeah, cool. That was dope, yeah. Kind of like that. A little reverb on it. Uh, Texas loses 27-20 to to Washington in the Alamo Bowl. There is a lot of different ways to break this game down. And uh, we talked about some of the things beforehand. Let me just go to one stat that we talked about going in, Zay, that I thought was critical in this game. We talked about how good Washington was on third down and how horrible they were at defending it. So we talked about third down over and over again. Going to be big. It's going to be massive. It's going to be huge. Good news for Texas was they converted at 40%. 6 of 15 is pretty damn good. You go 40% there in a a football game, normally that means good things. 
But Washington converted at 55%, 11 of 20, every time, Zay, that they needed a third and four, a third and six, a third and seven, even a third and eight or nine. It felt like they had the play to get them just to that line, and they chopped up yard after yard after yard and just kept the football. To me, there's other little things we'll talk about, but I think that right there and the difference in time and time of possession and stuff, that ultimately allowed them to keep the distance and win it by seven. Yeah, yeah, you knew it was going to be a tough one for the Horns without B. John Robinson, Roshan Johnson, and DeMarvion Overshone. And I think all those positions got exposed last night, mm. not having those three guys especially. In the run game, you only have, what, 51 yards rushing. You start Keelan Robinson, which I don't understand. I mean, the only two touchdowns in the game came from Jonathan Brooks. So starting Keelan Robinson, that was a question mark. But, you know, it goes back to him really understanding the offense. He came with Sark from Alabama. He's kind of had a head start there. And Jonathan Brooks, you know, uh, he played well, but how much did he know, you know, for Steve Sarkeesian to start Keelan Robinson? There had to be something there, and that's still going to be a question mark with me. But time of possession, that was key for Washington. They controlled the ball for 35 minutes, 46 seconds, while the Horns only did for 24 minutes. So just those long, slow drives in the second half, like 13-play drives, 16-play drives, taking up five minutes and four minutes, or keeping Quinn Ewers, who had a really good game, off the field. Yes, I know Quinn Ewers kind of had some tough throws in the first half, that fourth and one, where he had that play auction to Jonathan Brooks and Xavier Wordy wide over for that quick slant. If he hits him in stride, that's a touchdown. Yep. There was no safety back there to make a tackle or anything but he threw it behind them and that's kind of what we saw a lot of this season with Quinn Ewers but in the second half he definitely stepped it up but yeah the defensive line for Texas and the offensive line for Texas they weren't good yesterday and they've been good all season long that's what you can hang your hat on for Steve Sarkeesian's team. This really young offensive line with Kelvin Banks and Jake Majors and all those guys, they played solid all year. This probably was their worst game. DJ Campbell in there, he struggled at times to get a holding call. It, it just wasn't good. And then on the other side, you're not getting any pressure on Michael Penix, who doesn't get sacked. A lot of people didn't get pressure on Michael Penix. I think he had like around five or seven sacks this season. So he doesn't go on the ground, and they do a really good job of moving him around in the pocket. They showcased that yesterday with Aaron Rodgers' brother, who was on color commentary. Yeah, he does a good around. job, by he the way. He does a pretty good job. Yeah, I like him. He does him. a pretty good job. Like he, you know, I'm a huge Bachelor fan, so he won the Bachelor. <laughs> with JoJo so yeah he he has a little bit going for him especially in front of the camera but yeah they kept showing Michael Penix moving around the pocket and stuff like that it's tough to sack him yeah. It's tough to get pressure on him. So, you know, the defense, the defensive line who had the most pressures in all college football this year, we talked about they just couldn't get guys down. You want to see them get guys right. down. No tackles for loss last night. That's a huge issue, and it showed with the way Washington controlled the game on offense. Yeah, I mean, again, if, this, if today is about realism, part of the realism Texas fans are going to have to live with today is you got outblocked and out-tackled by a Pac-12 team. Yeah, you just did. Now yeah. I hate the conference discussions sometimes because they get too they get too general. Where everybody wants to say this conference does this, this conference does that, and I don't think we pay enough attention to individual teams. So just individually, that Pac-12 group, that Washington group was physical. You knew going in that because to me. Anytime you play a team like that, you play a team from out west, you play a team out of the Pac-12 or whatever, 
if you're going to beat them in a bowl game, they're, you, you don't need to try to out shoot out them or whatever. You just need to punch them in the face. Texas didn't do it. They got pushed around a little bit, and uh, or maybe a lot, and Washington ultimately won the game. Now, having said all that, Zay, the number to win the game was 28. I thought this was going to be like 41-38 was my Oh, prediction. yeah, they averaged 40 a game. The number to win the game was four touchdowns and four Auburn extra points, and you would have won this ball game. So, to me, it is not all on the defense. The time of possession thing is bad, and the third down stuff we just talked about, that's not great. But the defense held it in enough of an area where they could get things done. I rewatched this sequence today. I thought the entire ball game, in a way, boiled down to that sequence at 20 to 10 with the two straight drops. Yeah. Because the drops happened, which we can talk about the specifics of that, but after Texas gives it up, and good for Quinn Ewers saying he didn't lose confidence and nobody lost confidence after that. I don't believe him, but good for him for saying it because it had to crush that team. Oh, Jordan Rodgers and those boys in the booth, they were talking about JT Sanders, which we didn't see on film, but they talked about after those drops, JT Sanders, he was hot on that sideline. Yeah. Then they didn't show it on camera, which I wish they would have. I would have been messy, and I would love to see how he would have went out. It would have been nice to talk about today, but right. it's just those type of things – that's very toxic, and you're right. It took a lot of momentum out of the squad and what you know they were trying to do. So you don't get the third and 11 on the second drop. You have to punt, and there's five minutes to go in the third quarter. It should have been 20-17 to 17 with five minutes to go in the third quarter. Instead, Washington gets the ball deep in their territory, and they go on one of those drives again. They take the whole rest of the third quarter. They take a couple minutes out of the fourth and they score a touchdown to go up three scores. And I'm watching this game all night thinking two scores is big. Three scores is probably too much for Texas. They're not going to chase that down. And then when, especially when you do it with 13 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, I just felt like that was going to be too much for them. And in the end, it was. That sequence to me was big. If you could have made it 20-17, to 17, maybe you put a little energy in your defense and maybe they could have made a stop. They felt demoralized after that. And Washington just went to chopping them up just yeah. to – a long, patient drive. We got a texter today saying that he really hadn't seen Penix play a lot but thought he was a badass last night. He was a patient badass is what he was. Yeah, because they love to hit the deep ball. I mean, out of 29 of the touchdowns that he had coming into this game, we heard Jeff Howe talk about all the time, 14 of them were over 20-something yards. So we want to hit the deep ball, but Texas did a pretty good job of not giving them that. Now, there were some pass interference calls that weren't called in the game yesterday. Anthony Cook held a Dunze or McMillan. I don't know which one. Uh-huh. One of the calls, no call was made. Uh, you kind of wiped the sweat off your forehead on that one. And then, you know, the Tilapia run. I call old boy Tilapia because it's Tilapia. Talatupa. What is it? Talapapa. <laughs> Talapapa. That run he had, which. Jalen Ford, he missed that tackle, but it goes back to the DeMarion Overshone and what he used to bring to the table to help out Jalen Ford, mm-hmm. which allowed Jalen Ford to have the season that he had. Tucker Dorsey doesn't give you that. So now, you know, you're going to miss some of those tackles. Jalen Ford, he didn't have his best game yesterday. Only five tackles. Ryan Watts gets stiff-armed on that play. And then going back to what you're saying, Chad, those Xavier Wordy three drops hurt yesterday. Mm. There was the one right in his hands, and then the deep shot down the sideline. He has to just track the ball better. You're right there. That you gotta catch that. Yeah, that one just feels like it's just a quick turn in. Yeah, about a yard. Went through that on the money, and it's right there. And then and obviously the third on the third one, 
I, I watched it in slow motion today. Did you feel Which like... Which was right after the, was what, right after that. It was the next play. Yeah. Because the dude got hurt. Yes. Took a little time. Third and 11, they took their shot. Did you feel like he kind of jumped on that play? Or did, I don't know. I, I like got to watch that It was again. almost like he, like he tried to high-step the moment of the catch. And he's trying to turn his head. We know that classic mistake. I just felt like he tried. He got a little it, too fancy instead of just running through it. If you get Quinn Ewers to show negative emotion like that, yeah, I know sometimes he could hang his head, which, you know, you don't like that. But I, I, I appreciated the emotion that he showed yesterday because that one hurt. Oh, yeah. That, that one hurt. And then to what Horn fans are so upset about, it goes to the how locked in are you, Xavier Wordy? Because now we're questioning everything with all the offseason talk about you wanting to transfer and stuff, whether how much is true or false, where how much is fact or fiction, it's still out there. And then the way he went about it in the presser this week, I'm just focused on the game. Well, that's what the, focused on and that. Now that's what the game looked now like. What the ga- yeah. And that's what the game looked like yeah. for you. So then Horn fans are out here thinking, yo, how locked in was this guy? Because in the way he has the horns in a chokehold with this NIL stuff, which I can't knock him for. You're, you're like, go make your paper. Go put your name out there and see what you could get. I, I can't knock him for or anybody else. But the game that he played with all that going on, that just foul gray cloud over his head, which is over the program's head, and the game that he had last night, not good. Mm. Not good at all. Uh, some A lot of text rolling in, by the way, to the person who texted us, breaking news, Xavier Worthy's hands are already in the transfer portal. How Come dare on, you? Y'all. How Come dare on. you? That is not nice. Uh, this says, Chad, Ewers just doesn't do it for me. You watch quarterbacks like the ones from Kansas and Florida State playing their bowl game like it's the national championship. Haven't seen that from Ewers. Ewers overall... <laughs> Euros overall ends up with a good night. This is another interesting conversation, I think, today with Longhorn fans. Where are they standing on Ewers today? 31 of 47, 369, a touchdown, no picks, almost threw a pick, but the guy didn't come up with it. But I didn't think, Zay, all night there was a truly horrible pass. You mentioned the one behind. The, the that That's a big miss. Yeah, on fourth down, that's fourth and one, big, that's a tough one. That's a big miss, right? That should have been a touchdown, that's let his, alone first down. Certainly his worst pass of the night, but I thought we did see a little more of the mid-range we talked about, a little more of those shorter routes at times that we talked about. Um, but what you and I said yesterday did come true. I'll always say it about life, but I definitely will say it about sports. The best indicator of future Actions is past actions. I said I didn't trust Sark to run the ball 40 times. You said you didn't either. He didn't hit half that. 18 rushes in the game. I'll put it this way, Zay. Michael Penix threw 54 balls last night, and Washington still ran 10 more times than Texas did. Yeah. I mean, this is what it is moving forward, and I am not going to believe any discussion of the, I mean, balance is fine to talk about. Please stop arguing to me that Sarkeesian will lead with the run game. No, he will not. He loves watching the ball go through the air, and he loves a quarterback chunking. He, and he, I guarantee you that 47 attempts was big. What did he say last night after the game? Did he immediately say, I thought we should have run the ball more? Nope. He immediately said, missed opportunities. Yeah. He, just, he, he thinks he called all the right plays. They just missed them. Longhorn fans, you're going to have to live with the Sark DNA as long as he is your coach. He is going to lead with that pass game. He's going to filter in that run game. 
but he is never, ever going to fully commit himself to the idea that it's got to be a running game. Um, now, last night, 2.8 a carry. Again, you didn't block it. You didn't t- tackle well. So last night is a game where I can understand it in a way. Last night, you're, go- you're not going to dominate that team on the ground. I think you should have tried more, but Zay, they couldn't get things going. I liked what they had to try, little swing passes. Just try to get things on the edge. Use your speed because your power last night was not doing much. Yeah, and the person that, you know, when said Quinn Ewers isn't a dude, I thought this is one of Quinn Ewers' best games. People forget that he got hurt in that Alabama game and took a shot. Whether that messed up his mental psyche, we we don't know. But he didn't have many reps coming out of high school. We know that one year that he didn't play at Ohio State. So, you know, this was one of his best games. And I liked what he showed going into next season. But, yeah, there was just some situation for Steve Sarkeesian where it, it wasn't the right timing to call that certain play if you know what I'm saying. Like, let's let's go for one of those red zone possessions. One of the first plays, he has Jay Witt going into motion, and then Quinn just throws, while Jay Witt's in motion, like a goal line fade to Jay Witt. Just throws it basically out of bounds. Nothing was there. There was no going through progressions. Yeah, I didn't love that and play. That was a horrible play. Yep. They come back next play. Gunnar Helm has a false start. That goes to the missed opportunities situation, yeah. which we saw that kind of randomly throughout the game. Again, DJ Campbell, he had a bad holding call that got called back. There was a screenplay uh, uh, that came up early to Keelan Robinson, and Jake Majors and like Hayden Connor blocked the same dude, and the same and that guy made the tackle Oof. on the screen pass, and, it, and then it was fourth down, and the Horns had to punt. Right. So it was just certain things like well, we weren't as locked in as Washington was yesterday. No, I think that's could, definitely true. Whether you yeah. could say they were all hands on deck, full squad, and you were missing three of your key players. Yeah, absolutely, which that's why I didn't have nerves going into this game because I expected this in a way. I didn't expect them to hold the Huskies uh, under 40 points like they did, which that's a pretty damn good job. But if you would have told me, hey, the Horns are losing by seven, you know, the Alamo Bowl, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, for, Washington's a really good team. For a while, it kind of had the feel of the TCU game to me, lower scoring than you thought it would be, a fight where you're keeping things close. Here's another big moment in that game. The field goal to make it 13-3 to right before the half, that was massive. Yeah. I guess that was at the half, right? He hit it as the, as the yeah, clock expired. Yeah, because dropped a touchdown. That quick slant, he dropped that yes. to force the field. It could it should have been Whoa, 17. It should have been, you're right. But to add that and even in, in cuz again in that game man, two scores just felt like a lot. The Texas offense didn't feel like it was clicking and we had said all this month or whatever leading up, Texas is going to have to keep up with them. They may have to get in a shootout. They may have to score a lot of points. If you if you tell you me and whoever other Longhorn fans at the kick, "Hey, they're going to score 20 points." 20? Yeah. That's it. Guarantee. Then you hand me my money and say, Chad, go bet on a winner. <laughs> For sure. I'm betting on Washington every time. Every time. So the fact that they only had three at the half, that they're just that's just so much to overcome. And, yeah, it's a seven-point margin, but if you watch that game, you know they really did not have themselves in a position to actually go after that game based on how it played out. Once that three, once it was 27-10, it was effectively over. Yeah, yeah, and it's tough, you know, that this offensive line, they realize, man, 
that Bijan Robinson, he really helped us out a lot by, yeah. you know, the most missed tackles in all of college football and then yards after missed tackles. Like, that showed last night. Because Keelan Robinson, he ain't that. Jonathan Brooks, I don't even think he got a fair share to showcase that. He only got six carries. And one of those was a touchdown. And then that other touch he had on that little screen, that was a hell of a pay by, uh, play by him, too. Yeah, so we got- it's going to be very interesting going into the spring with Cedric Baxter coming in, best running back out of the 2023 class coming into Texas. It's going to be interesting. We saw no Jaden Blue yesterday. Like, Somebody's asking all. on the text line, where, the where was, was Jaden Blue? And somebody else saying, use the wrong running back, reference to Brooks just, and, and Robinson. That was very interesting. Like When you saw Keelan Robinson get the first two drives on offense for Texas and nothing was there, and again, I just talked about Hayden Connor and those guys just smoking the block on one of those screen passes, so it wasn't all his fault. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting coming in the spring because mm-hmm. that wide um, running back – Room, it should be up for grabs on who's going to be RB1 next season. Longhorn fans, let us know what you think about it. What do you think of your quarterback? What do you think about that discussion going into 2023 and the running back room going into 2023? After 27-20, to the loss to Washington will continue to filter out all those numbers. Longhorns do not get to nine wins again, and that's been a trend for the last few years. Up next, we'll also talk some Cowboys. Cowboys got the win in Nashville in those white helmets. What do you think of that, Cowboys fans? 27-13 was the final big NFL Week 17 coming as well and we will hit that next on the horn Not only did you pick a band I like and can identify, you might have picked. It might be my favorite song of Anthrax. Really? This might be my favorite Anthrax song. This might be the greatest heavy metal song of all time, and I don't even know it, but it's two minutes and 44 seconds. You know what? It is a good quick one. It's got like that motorhead length to it. Anthrax normally went longer than this, but this one was tight. This would be Got the Time off of their album, which I think is just called Time. But this was a good era of Anthrax. I saw them live a couple times during this uh, era. I always loved this song. I mean, good, quick energy. And, uh, yeah, it was over pretty quick. See, think about these seven-minute songs and think about somebody mosh-pitting and going crazy. Somebody's going to die. It's seven (laughs) minutes. You're right. (laughs) Somebody's going to get seriously injured. You're mosh-pitting for about two or three minutes, then, you know, minor injuries, bumps and bruises, nothing major, but those five, seven-minute songs, they're dangerous. They are. They you got to be careful. Like, I'm surprised Metallica or somebody like that hasn't gotten sued because their song's too long and the mosh pit went on too strong. Got to be careful. Got to be careful. Yeah, Got the Time is one where you got a quick mosh pit. Quick mosh pit. Pit in and out. Anthrax gets us started today. Thanks to Zay for that. It is our last show of the year. Real quick, let me throw some thanks out show-wise because it was kind of a weird year for the show. Um, it is. Uh, it was the year that, uh, unfortunately, Trey Elling was a part of the show for part of it, and then he's a part, of, not part of the show uh, for a part of that. I'll always consider 
consider Trey a part of my uh, radio family. I got seven extra years working with him that I didn't expect. It included two and a half years of a show that uh, we really enjoyed doing together. And uh, Zay and I are both friends with Trey. Uh, I, I always look at friends like three levels. The friend that'll say you're a friend, the friend that'll help you change a tire, and the friend that'll help you move. And I think Trey would do all three of those for me. Oh, yeah. He's all the above for he's me, a good, too. He, yeah. yeah, he's just a great guy. Did the gritty at my wedding, and it was absolutely terrific. I always watch my wedding video yeah. and laugh at that part. He, he trained just, for it. He trained for it. He was it. in here, like, grittying around this, <laughs> this studio, <laughs> practicing, and once it came time, he was ready. Yeah, one of the best interviewers ever. I mean, ever, and yeah, that, that's my man. Miss him a lot. Yeah, so shout out to Trey. You can still follow him, of course, at Courtesy Wave on Twitter, uh, and uh, shout out to the Inside Texas guys. He got a gig with them. He continues to get to do those interviews, and the Books on Pod podcast is great, too. So uh, Him and BK are back. Yeah, and, very he, special. and he and BK are still doing, there's like a once-a-week thing, right? They're doing yeah. a Friday show uh-huh. together, which that's very cool if you love that show back in the day. So just a shout out to Trey, and thanks for all the things that he's done, um, not only for the 12 to 3 slot, but specifically for the 12 to 3 slot. And also, thanks to Zay, because Zay, you walked into a, a bit of a strange situation, obviously, but you've done a heck of a job. The fans have really responded to you. You're helping keep me alive on the air, and I've really enjoyed it. Not just when you play Anthrax. I do enjoy it <laughs> when you play Anthrax, but I've really enjoyed doing the show. So, thank you for your part of it. We started technically this version of the show, like September-ish yeah. of, of 22, so we haven't even been uh, through a year yet, but uh, really enjoyed football season so far, and uh, I'm looking forward to the rest of it, man. Yeah, I've had a blast. I mean, I appreciate everybody for the opportunity. Appreciate, you know, Lisa and Jason and everybody that's just giving your boy a chance. Definitely appreciate you. You're one of the easiest guys ever to work with. And ever since I've been here back in the day from producing B&E and just doing early on stuff, you always been my man and just made life easy for me. So, yeah, everybody, shout out to Austin Radio Network. Appreciate y'all going into 2023. Yeah, we certainly appreciate you. We appreciate all of the listeners out there that have hung with us in the uh, 12 to 3 slot. A lot of people back in the day, they didn't think a lot was going on 12 to 3 in terms of radio. A lot of stuff's getting done 12 to 3. Because everybody's lunch now is not twelve o'clock. Ah, yeah. That was the old school way to think about it. Sometimes people are, you know, lunching at one one fifteen or whatever it is. Whenever you are jumping into the show, we're glad that you're enjoying it. Thank you for all the support. And, and plus, we got so many more listeners now because you can work from home and listen to us and still get stuff done yeah. instead of being in a cubicle and just having us go throughout the office and causing havoc and maybe getting fired. Now everybody could, That's true. you know, with COVID and stuff, everybody working at home benefits us a little bit. Now all we're doing is freaking out the dog. <laughs> Messing with the cat. Yeah. I wonder if cats or dogs like sports talk radio more. I wonder if people could tell us that. I don't know. If I do this, you think some dog's barking right now? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> messing with them. Yeah, there's some slow dog out there that just barked for sure. We should have like a weird 30-second piece just called Sound Effects for Your Animals. Just play weird <laughs> sound effects and see what see what it does to them at home. Well, my wife, she just told me our dog just urinated in my, yeah, parent-in-law's Christmas tree. So that's what? good. Yeah, that's not good. Champ. I blame my wife. You only have the one dog? Yeah. Okay, so it's Champ we're yeah, talking champ. about. Come on, Champ. That's not good, Champ. You're better than that. Man. But he's with my wife, so he could probably get away with a little more stuff than if he were with me. When, when you have a dog named Champ, do you need to come up with like an insult name for when he does stuff bad? 
Because I would feel bad yelling the word champ. It still makes him sound cool. No, you got to remember, he was named after Hall of Fame All-Pro cornerback Champ Bailey. So you okay. got to understand, when you play cornerback, one of the toughest positions in football, there's some bad comes with some good. You're going to give up some. <laughs> You're gonna get, you're gonna give up some yardage. You're gonna have a bad week. You're gonna face a Randy Moss. You okay, know? You're right. gonna face a Chris Carter, one of the greats, Tim Brown, and they're just gonna give it to you. But it's about how you bounce back and make plays for your team. Okay. And Champ does that for us. Sometimes you pee on a tree. Yeah, sometimes you saying. pee on a tree. Okay. It's a bad, it's a bad week for him. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Uh, I mentioned earlier that Duke's mayonnaise bowl is going on. Someone tells us Duke's has some good mayonnaise and it goes well on ham. I'm sure that the mayonnaise is great. I just don't want to throw it on a coach at the end. Um, oh, that's so gross. Maryland's up ten. Late second quarter in that game. By the way, the crap bag would tell you, great helmet matchup today. Maryland's going with the flag helmet, and NC State's going with that great big old wolf pack head, the wolf head on the side. <laughs> Yo, the red. Man, it looks good today. That wolf pack is so cool. Like, just in all the sports for North Carolina State, like on the basketball court, it's a big-ass wolf. And they came back around to that because yeah. that's what they had with Valvano in the 80s. They when had that I, with Jimmy V. When I fell for the ACC basketball world and I really loved them and decided not to root for North Carolina, I was going to be an NC State guy when they played, they had that big old wolf head in the middle of the floor, and then they went away from it for a while and then came back. See, I want them to put that at Moody, like old-school Bevo. Yes. Where it's like actually Bevo's full body in mascot form, like back in the day. Put that in the center court. That's not a bad idea. Or that big ass Jayhawk at Fog Allen, that's intimidating. Yeah, that one's cool. That is really cool. They went they they made a great switch there because they used to have just the map of Kansas in the yeah, middle. That with was a K. Weak. It yeah, was that boring. was weak during the like the Ray LaFrance, Jacques Vaughn days. That now, was wow. Now it's there. Now it's there. Yeah, now they're going after it. So we'll keep you up to date on that bowl game. You got some decent ones coming. Nor- uh, the Notre Dame South Carolina game is today at two thirty. We'll see if Spencer Rattler can keep it going because he's obviously on a great run right now. And uh, the matchup of the Spencer Rattler kicked our ass club, that's tonight at the Orange Bowl when Tennessee plays Clemson. The last two <laughs> victims of Spencer Rattler are going to play tonight in the Everybody Wears Orange Orange Bowl. So we'll get to all that. We've also got NFL to talk about. I told you yesterday, Zay, it was just about getting the win. You said it was my Cowboy fan PTSD. But after watching that game play out, now you see what I'm talking about. I do. Because you just never know in the NFL. Dak sometimes makes those throws. Dak sometimes doesn't get a tight end to catch a ball. And Dak sometimes can't take the snap properly. Cowboys got themselves in small small holes, but they got out of it fine. They controlled the game, won it by two touchdowns. I saw all I needed to other than that Biotish injury. I really hope that's not something. That, yeah, that didn't, you didn't like seeing him getting mm-hmm. carted off with that, with his cleat off his foot. But That was bad. It was bad. It's, it's very problematic, Dak Prescott, these turnovers. And, you know, you don't want to think much of the one against the Eagles because the Eagles have a really good defense. But, yeah, Hendershot, he has to catch that one. The second interception, all on Dak. Like, he just... It's a horrible throw. It's just such a bad yeah, throw, terrible man. Throw. And, you know, I yes, I was joking about Kellen Moore allowing Dak to throw 55 times yesterday. I just love messing with you Cowboys fans. Dude, he tried. But, yo, I, we know Mike Rabel's team, they're going to play hard. Even with all the injuries and guys out, they're going to play hard. Plus, they got to play with momentum no matter what's at stake. They got to play with momentum going into next week. And Joshua Dobbs... He played decent for him just getting thrown into the fire. Yeah, he was all right. He was all right. Now, Michael Parsons, I don't like him playing with basically one hand. That kind of scares me, and that goes back to what I was saying yesterday. Like, leave him in Dallas. 
Like, I don't there. Michael Parsons didn't do enough yesterday where he just changed the game, but he had to play. And I, hey, whatever. I like Tony Pollard not playing. That was good. But yeah, Dak, he came along in the second half. No turnovers. All three of them came in the first half. That weird fumble with him and the snap. That's just Dak doing Dak things. But the second. And the, uh, the second touchdown that he had in the second half, that was a thing of beauty to Dalton Schultz. Like, yeah, yeah that was right on the money. <laughs> that that's, you yeah. know, that's that's big time. But, yeah, they got out of Nashville with a dub, and I guess that's all you could ask for going into next week with the Commanders. Yeah, we'll see what happens uh, over this week. I'm wondering if the best thing for the Cowboys would just be to have the Eagles finish it off, win this week, because the, all the combinations that have to happen are tough enough anyway. I wonder if the best thing is Eagles win, get the one seed, and the Cowboys get to rest against Washington. Just get to just try to put, put some things out of their mind, rest key guys, and then get refocused for that playoff game. Yeah, because Washington, you know they're going to play with their heads on fire. They need to secure a playoff spot too. Now, now you got to go back and look at Carson Wentz film and really back right. into what they're doing this week and see what he could do because Taylor Heineke's bench for whatever freaking reason. Rod Rivera, just throw your <laughs> just throw your season in that river, man. Uh-huh. Go ahead. That's fine. Go ahead. Whatever. I like the river reference. That's yeah. well done. Yeah. That was well done. <laughs> All right. NFL Week 17 underway with the Cowboys beating Tennessee 27-13. More on that. More on some college football and bowl games with Brandon Lang coming up at 105. Up next, though, it is a New Year's tradition on the in the crap bag. It is SEC New Year's resolutions from Ole Miss Girl. And this year, Longhorn fans... Yeah, she put you in there, too, since you're about to be an SEC member. So pay attention. We'll hit that next on the horn. Oh, this one's great. This one's great. It might not be my favorite Queen song, but it's one of my favorite Queen songs because it's like Freddie Mercury is trying to be Elvis Presley, and it's perfect. Yeah, isn't it like a tribute to oldies? That's kind of always... Way more oldies than even Queen is. Yeah, right. A little tribute. I love how you said that. That, that, (laughs) that, You just told everybody how old you were in one sentence. Well done. Well done. Queen, crazy little thing called Love. Uh, Anthrax started us off today. Good music as always, or at least we hope on this show. We are music snobs around here. We hope you are having a great Friday. Last show of the year. We're getting a lot of great text in on the Specs text line. 337-3776. Longhorn fans trying to process what they saw last night in a 27-20 loss. Texas falls to 8-5. and five. Here's the truth for you, Longhorn fans. Since the night we won't talk about with Colt McCoy in Alabama, Texas has two nine win seasons, two in 13 years of football. That's not t- good. That's rough, and that's why I talked about it yesterday. To me, that nine matters. Nine is to me, you get to say you had a good college football season if you can get to nine wins. And again, Texas has only done that twice 
in these last 13 seasons. So that's obviously something that's got to change under Sark. Um, it's got to, nine has to be something that's a regular thing because that's certainly something Mac Brown had figured out every year. Nine wasn't going to be the big issue for Mac. It was getting over that other hump and that other mountain and that other discussion which obviously he did in a big-time season and damn near did it a couple other times. All right, so uh, we'll continue to talk Texas football. Right now, it's a look into the future for you Texas football fans. Let's go into the crap bag, and we'll talk about some resolutions. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. You probably know one of my favorite listeners of all time is Old Miss Girl. Started listening with her dad here in the Austin area when she was like 10 or 11. And now, I'm so old, she is now finishing at Old Miss and maybe about to head to grad school. We wish her the best. Shout out to that Oxford crew. But at the end of, of the year, a few years ago, she started sending me SEC resolutions for every single team. And this year, she added Texas and OU. So you, we'll get to the Longhorns and the Sooners, but she does hit every team here. So from Old Miss Girl, we'll start with Alabama, the resolution. To resolve to punish everyone who thinks the tide is slipping on the football field. And remember, Coach Saban is not gone. Let's see if they wake up to play Kansas State or not. Arkansas, find some way to be healthy all year long and do not use the NFL goalposts in a game. Auburn, can we fire a third head coach and be paying for all three at the same time in 2024? Probably. Yeah, that's a good goal. What do you mean, Ole Miss girl? You don't think Hugh Freeze is going to do a good job? Come on. He's so perfect for Auburn. He is terrific for Auburn. What a perfect match that is. Florida, except that not all the Gators' problems are related to Dan Mullen. Some of the problems are caused by Billy Napier. That's not a bad way to to maybe think about it. We'll see what Florida looks like next year. Georgia, resolve to not let Saban ever get ahead of us again in the SEC. Winning this national title could go a long way in doing that. Kentucky, resolve to have an interest in the football team even after basketball season starts. You do, after all, pay your football coach more than the basketball coach. I'd forgotten that. Wait a minute. They pay Stoops more than Calipari? Do they really? I don't know about it all. I had to double check those numbers there. That's a little crazy. Uh, LSU resolve not to get blown out by the SEC East. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I, I'll add one there. Resolve not to get beat in a surprising manner by A&M. How about that? By four, <sighs> a four and seven football Come on, team. Coach Kelly. Come on now. Come on, Coach Kelly. <laughs> you got to get that accent back, dog. That's about all I've got to hang on to right now. Um, it's old Miss Girl, so she refers to it as Cal College. But all it says here is swing your sword. little love from old Miss Girl uh, for the great Mike Leach. And she did tell me in a couple emails she's heartbroken about it. She misses him to death. And she rewatched the Egg Bowl broadcast just to hear him. Because she digs him. She knows college football is better with him in it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so rest in peace to Coach Leach. Missouri, resolve to look at tape of the Georgia game and try to play that defense against other teams in the SEC. That's true. Remember how close they played Georgia? Yeah. They fought Georgia right to the end. They have one of the best receivers in all college football. Now, here's one Notre Dame wants to know. South Carolina, please tell the rest of the conference your secret sauce that you used to demolish mustard. That's what she calls Tennessee. Now to Tennessee. Work to improve your image and sportsmanship so you're not mustard. Right now, it's mustard versus Clemson in the Orange Bowl, not Tennessee, or the fake UT in the game. It's okay. Lane is available for mustard bottle signings. I'm not even sure what that means exactly, but a little Lane Kevin reference. There's uh, some that with French mustard 
that they like throw on the field. Is that that's what it something is? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Some, we, I don't quite get the mustard thing. It's things we got to learn for all the Longhorn fans, for you and all the Longhorn fans headed into the SEC in a couple of years. Uh, now she gets to my Aggies. Texas A&M resolved to quit reading the press clippings on player quality and hire a real offensive coordinator who can execute his schemes, not yours, Jimbo. Well, she kind of hit that one right on the right on the, no, on the nose, didn't I she? I like Jimbo calling plays. Do you? Yeah. I bet you do. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you do. You're all for that. Yeah, I love him calling plays this year. I thought, I thought he was misunderstood. Who's that guy chanting four more years over there? That's Isaiah. He wants him to keep calling plays. Uh, Vanderbilt resolved to keep showing improvement, so nobody thinks you are this week's gimme win. And the bonus round, here we go. Oklahoma, learn that nobody in the SEC is going to be scared of your football team coming to town. Also learn that you're still the second best baseball team in the country because of the other team's skill not luck. Old Miss girl still hot that Oklahoma fans think they lucked into that championship and didn't beat OU legitimately. Mm. She's pissed. Mm. Still pissed. Uh, now we get to Texas, who she refers to as the real UT. She's, try- talking about. she's trying to get some points with, uh, with y'all. Uh, resolve to learn consistency on offense. You can't score like you did on OU and then disappear against the Hypnotoads. You agree? Yeah, uh, yeah I agree. Yeah. yeah, and disappeared. Three points against TCU. Can't do that. 49 nothing was 49 nothing, but when you don't put the other stuff around it, it does feel different. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. And finally, Ole Miss girl going after her Rebels. Ole Miss, please find a defensive coach that can teach tackling at the point of impact, not five yards down the field. <laughs> Ole Miss girl's been pissed at that defense all year. She's also pissed at some of those fourth down calls I talked about yesterday. She went to the game with her family. And she said she had Texas Tech fans asking them, hey, is this what Lane Kiffin normally does? Does Lane Kiffin normally do this? So think about it. How bad does your fourth down? Yeah, because they do it. How bad does your fourth down decision have to be for a Tech fan to turn to you and go, are you sure this is the right move? They were trained in the Leach era that going forward on fourth down, you could do it in certain times. Zay, back in the day, they started saying stupid things to me like, Chad, our offense is our defense. <laughs> like, what? I love that saying. What are you talking about? Our offense is our defense. So that's how bad it was for Ole Miss girl at that game. She had Tech fans questioning the fourth down stuff. It's weird because Texas Tech, I don't know as much for Ole Miss, but for them it's kind of like we're Texas Tech. What do we have to lose? Nobody's expecting us to be 8-5 and five. anyway. Let's go for it. Maybe that's what I don't know. Maybe that's how Lane looks at it. But to me, that's a bad way to look at a football game, man. He's got to he's got to tighten that up a little bit. Always good to hear from old Miss girl. She always signs her emails with your SEC sister. And now it says Astro Girl and proud supporter of the men's College World Series and World Series champions. She must have had a great Christmas if she's a fan of both of those teams. Yeah, for real. I know what she got for Christmas: gear. Yeah, championship gear. Yeah, maybe a Jeremy Pena jersey. Something. Yeah, some Pena stuff. Some old Miss. Rebel Championship stuff. There's your crap bag. We do it every day about 12.45. And yes, in a couple seasons, it will be SEC-bound Texas and Oklahoma. Let's cross our fingers that this next year, this 2023, really gets it set up for us. That they actually get out in front of it at the conference level at Texas, at you know in Norman and Austin, and we get to find out what it's going to be. What's the schedule going to look like? How many conference games? Is it going to be divisions or not? Anybody ready in Birmingham? We're hearing this story now. Let's get this going.
Let's, yeah. let's have the discussion, Zay, because otherwise we're going to have to go through next football season with this kind of weird cloud hanging over it. Like, what's it going to be? We need to find this out, I think, as early as possible. Yeah, as fun as it sounds to go to Orlando, Florida to play UCF, let's, I'd rather go to Gainesville, Florida to play the Gators. Yeah, you would. Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, that's a little bit different. It's, hu- it's a huge part of it, man. Even if you're not making those trips, A, you have the option to make those trips, and B, you're going to turn on your TV, minimum. You're going to turn on your TV, and you're going to see your Longhorns playing in Gainesville, Starkville, Tuscaloosa, Oxford. Yeah. You're going to see it as conference games each and every week and it's going to feel better overall to you than what you're dealing with now. Yep, and then week 10, we're going to get Southern Tech, Mississippi State, North. <laughs> and get to blast them by 60. Are you going to fall for the trap? You're going to fall for that one? Yeah, got to. Do you think the conference sends you like an email, or is it a pamphlet? i got to ask my Aggie folks and find out how that happened. Do they send you like a pamphlet of acceptable teams? Do you get a list sent to you in the mail? They send you a list of ADs to call? <laughs> Like, how, how does that work? By the way, if you're not familiar with the Wofford AD, yeah. his name is Bill. Call him up. Yeah, just call like, hey, how much money do y'all need? Are y'all How desperate are y'all? Are things, like, really struggling down there? Because, oh, you know, we got a game for y'all, and we'll throw y'all some bread, and then we'll blast y'all and send y'all back to Nowheresville. First thing to do to counteract that, nine conference games. That's all you have to do. Yeah. It's the first huge step. I can't wait to hear if the SEC is going to do that. Because if we hear the SEC is going to stay at eight, then they're going to still, even with Texas and OU, they're going to still try to do it the way they're doing it with all that non-conference scheduling. All right, coming up, your 1 o'clock hour. We'll get you a flex segment at 1.30 and look back at year one of the flex on the horn and on the shows and that that high school football season we just saw. Up next, though, Brandon Lang of BrandonLang.com. His thoughts on the Cowboys last night. Did he go Cowboys minus 14? What does he think of the semifinals what does he think of that monday nighter and any other games we can fit in next with brandon lang on the horn